Hey folks, before we get started, wanted to discuss our brand new sponsor here at the Brian Nichols Show. And it's one you are familiar with because it is the one and only We Are Libertarians Network, but I have a little bit of a surprise. Yes, we have merch. The We Are Libertarians store is alive and active, and it can be found in the show notes. And guys, I, oh my goodness, we have some fantastic um, some fantastic shirts. For, uh, so we have some We Are Libertarian shirts, uh, both with the new logo um, that was re- recently designed, but also the the uh, the old OG logo as well with the Statue of Liberty um, and the sunburst. Uh, we also have uh, I, uh, I Heart Roads, or I Heart My Roads, uh, My Roads. Um, yours truly, the Brian Nichols Show. We have our brand new, super, super schmexy Brian Nichols Show logo there on a, a couple of shirts. Um, we have polos, we have uh, posters, we have magnets, we have masks. Masks are pretty much mandatory everywhere. If you need a mask, get a Brian Nichols Show mask or a We Are Libertarians mask. You need a coffee cup or a, a knit beanie. I call them a toque up in northern New York, but everybody says I'm an idiot because I say toque and not beanie. Whatever. But you can get that too. And it does say We Are Libertarians, of course. Um, Gingerarchy has uh, some uh, some great shirts there as well. Another one of our fantastic shows. So click the link in the show notes. Support the We Are Libertarians store, but support your friends here at We Are Libertarians by rocking some awesome merch. So, with that, on to the show. Can I pause for a second and, and just note that uh, we got Brian on here who's getting uh, Congressman Massey on, and our typical lineup includes, like, homeless people that believe in Bigfoot. <laughs> Welcome to the Brian Nichols Show, your source for common sense politics on the We Are Libertarians Network. The Brian Nichols Show is the fastest-growing liberty podcast that brings together people from all means of political thought as we seek to have meaningful conversations about the issues you care about. At The Brian Nichols Show, our goal is to leave the audience educated, enlightened, and informed. And now your host, Brian Nichols. Oh, I missed you guys! It's me, Brian Nichols, here on The Brian Nichols Show. Welcome back, folks. Yes, I am your humble host, and I missed you guys last week. I was out of town, and and, uh, definitely was a great opportunity for you guys to hear another phenomenal podcast. Last week's episode was the uh, re-airing of my appearance over on The Freckles and Brit Show, uh, which honestly, was probably one of my favorite conversations on somebody else's podcast in recent memory. It was, it was a great conversation, and, and honestly, a lot of fun, so if you haven't yet, go check out that lady's podcast. I mean, they really do a phenomenal job, and I cannot recommend their show enough. Uh, Freckles and Brit. I mean, I, again, kudos, number one. So, that's how we're going to start the show right there, right? Uh, promoting another podcast, because at the Brian Nichols Show, yes, I, I truly do believe that having conversations with people is is the best way that we can spread our ideas. So on the show today is a returning guest. You know him, you love him, Theodore from Crowdfunded Government. Now, now Theodore joins the show today. Uh, he he didn't tell me why he was coming on the show, which is actually a first. Um, usually when I have a guest come on the show, they have a, a reason, a, a uh, you know a, a specific ask. They're trying to pique somebody's interest. Now, he's definitely trying to pique my interest because he told me it's going to be, you know, earth-shattering. So, I I said, well, well, Theodore, I have to have you on the show then. So, with that, I'm going to keep you in suspense as well because I was in suspense when we started recording. And what's great is, and you'll hear at the beginning of the show, I recorded once and it didn't record because the uh, the little Tom Woods, dark, is it dark evil Tom Woods? Evil Tom Woods, dark Tom Woods, whatever it was on Twitter there for a while. Um, I'm pretty sure he stole the first, you know, little bit of the, the episode. So uh, you will hear there, um, we do a quick restart, but regardless, it turns into a phenomenal 45-minute conversation with Theodore from Crowdfunded Government. So without further ado, returning to the Brian Nichols Show, Theodore from Crowdfunded Government here on the Brian Nichols Show. Now, here's the elephant in the room before we get started. We just started, and, and for whatever reason, the the software that I was using decided to restart. So I think, Theodore, whatever you're trying to tell me here um, is, is it must be very controversial because even my software just doesn't want to record the conversation. So let's kind of start the conversation from the start. You you and I, we spoke back, I think it was almost a year and a half at this point ago, um, on the show uh, discussing a, a quote-unquote GoFundMe government. So a lot's been happening between now and then because obviously you reached out and you had something that was on your mind. So Theodore, what is it that you want to promote and get here on The Brian Nichols Show? Brian, thank you so much for having me. So first of all, I have not jumped completely off the deep end. I am still on the crowdfunded government train. Okay. I'm still a belie- yeah, I'm still a believer that voluntarily crowdfunding government is the best way to provide everybody with the best results from government at the best way to pay for it, which is not a gun in your face. So right. I'm st- I'm still on board with the whole crowdfunded government thing. Don't worry. I haven't jumped off any ledges. All right. Yet. So we're still on the same page there. Okay. Good starting off point. 
Yeah, so if you just listen to the last episode to get a primer on what crowdfunding government is and all my blah, blah, blah about it, great. So jumping off of that, I now have encountered an interesting dilemma, and you are one of the people, specifically my short list of people that I could fit on one hand that I wanted your opinion about a very controversial idea that I have brewing around in my head. <laughs> oh, boy. All right, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I'm strapped in. Hit me with it. What's up? Well, here's the first just question, and this is a general question. I know there's always exceptions. However, in third-party politics, of which you are actively involved, uh, you know many more third-party politicians and party supporters than I do. So the question that I have for you just to start the conversation is, do you in general consider third-party politicians and supporters to be more intelligent in the way they approach politics or stupider in the way that they approach politics. So now he's a third party theory. We, we talking about like just third party in general, or are we talking about like the Liberty movement specifically? Cause I'd say that's more my expertise, but yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm talking third party because I don't want this. I don't want to ever, you know, be hitting a party because mm, okay. that's not as you'll, as you'll find out, it's not my goal. However, you are an expert in a specific third party. You're heavily involved. You've talked to some of the biggest movers and shakers. That's why I love your show because you're always talking to somebody important. Okay. And <laughs> that is, so you could comment on this, whether you believe the average libertarian party member is more intelligent politically or more, uh, I guess, more of a caveman politically. Okay. So you of, know, I'm gonna, of those, I'm going to say politically. Yes. Yeah, I'll, I'll go right with it. I'll say yes. Politically. I'd say third party voters have to be more intelligent just from a pure political standpoint. And here's my, my rationale. Why, right? Is if you're going to have a, a, you know, a principled belief on something that, that is truly based on a fundamental, you know, ideological, you know, whatever it may be, some, some foundational principle, you have to be educated on that principle. I think when you look at traditional, you know, two-party politics, the, the duopoly we have right now, they're not so much based on any foundational principle, but more so they're focused on just, you know, clubbing the other person across the head in a groupthink mentality. Does that, is that maybe a, a good way to articulate my, my position? Yeah, okay, and I, cool. in general, I, I would agree. It wasn't a trick question at all that I think uh, <laughs> third-party people are stupid. Um, in fact, I agree with you, and that's where I'm going to branch off of. Okay. Um, I agree with you that, in my opinion, typical party politics is very red shirt, blue shirt, rah-rah, and it's never really about making political points. It's more about trying to figure out how to knock down the other side as opposed to simply arguing your case I mean, that's for Trump. America. That's Trump right there one-on-one. -on -one. I mean, you look at when Trump was elected in 2016, Trump was... He was literally elected as, you know, the the slap in the face. You know, he was the anti-lib. I mean, he, he really was the own-the-lib candidate. And that's, uh, I mean, you know, it's, it's weird is the more we look back at some of these people like Glenn Beck and stuff, who definitely he, he deserves to, to get some criticism. But the one thing he hit the nail on the head on was the idea of the Bubba effect, um, where, you know, you're going to have a, a politician, and he was saying this in, I think it was 2015, and this is before Trump actually decided to announce he was going to run, and saying, you're going to have this you're gonna have a politician one day who's going to just say, you know what, yeah, I'm a big sloppy guy with the grease and stains all over my shirt, so what? And and that's exactly who Trump is. Trump had all these these flaws, and everybody acknowledged that he had these flaws, and, and he said, yeah, so what? And he basically, he's He's now taking the you know the air out of the room when that could be one of the main issues. And you go to any other candidate, anything that's been accused of Trump, they'll they'll instantly be apologizing and walking back and trying to you know make amends. Whereas Trump's just like, so what? What are you gonna do about it? And and I think that right there spoke to a lot of people because they were looking for that other person that could be that alternative to you know what we had before. Was, and I say weeks, I was a part of the GOP at the time. What was it? Mitt Romney? I mean, you have the most milk toast guy. You have a, a Mormon white dude from Massachusetts running against Barack Obama, and he approached it with with you know kid gloves. And and Trump, he ran, and he was like, yeah, every one of the GOP people I'm running against, uh, they suck. And uh, guess what? I'm the only one who's actually going to be up here and say that. So I think, you know, to answer your, your question, I think that does go to just maybe a, a fundamental issue in psychology. Let's let's go that route. I mean, so I, I know that you're this is your kind of your progression here. But that's where my mind is going, at least. No, your, your, your mind is actually this is what I was hoping, because the, the key to having a disagreement with somebody is start with common ground and then. What, figure out where your common ground diverges and then explore that until the other person ends the podcast, it's like right? You, it's like you've been listening <laughs> to uh, Impossible Conversations with uh, Peter Bogosian or you've been listening to the show and we've been talking about this kind of stuff. Uh, here's the deal, Brian. You do a very good job of it. Um, whenever you've had diverging opinions, you let them speak, you give them their time, and then you explain why you think you're right. You never tell anybody they're an idiot. You just simply, hey, here's why I'm right. So I respect the way that you operate and I agree with you, which is 
in general, people who are involved with third-party politics are much more articulate and intelligent in how they're approaching their political beliefs. By definition, by not choosing simply a color and instead informing their entire political beliefs from the ground up is the only way that you become a third party member because mm -hmm. it's a it's a choice yeah. that you have to make through research and learning. You can be a Republican or a Democrat by birth and by whatever city or community you live in. That is kind of how party politics works in the United States for many people. Um, however, Third party politics, you have to be introduced, you have to do your own research, you have to learn about what makes that third party different or better in your mind than the traditional options. Mm -hmm. So you and I are on the same page, I believe, in regards to this intelligence, this wealth of intelligence that third parties possess. Yes, okay. I, I like that now. That, now I'm scared because that that seems so non-controversial that I'm I'm oh. treading to hear where we're gonna get, we're gonna go off the rails. So I'm strapped in. Here we go, Ryan. Theodore, you you have predicted it correctly. So I believe that these thousands of politicians or political hopefuls, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of party members, and millions of voters every year are wasting their time with third parties. Okay. And why? Because third-party politics uh, does not accomplish the goal of politics. The goal of politics is to control power. At least that's how I was taught it in political science, and it's always made sense to me, mm -hmm. that politics is about power. And it's not about philosophy, because philosophy doesn't get written into law. The politics is what actually gets written into law, which is the sandwich making of government as the two parties agree on 99% and slap each other over 1% in front of the public. Okay. So this is my controversial opinion, the one that you're 100% you're authorized to end the podcast at any time. I believe that third-party politics, the way the United States has our political system set up, these people incredibly intelligent people who have an incredible amount to offer their communities. They have a brain that is thinking about politics instead of rah, rah, red, blue. I believe every single one of them is wasting their time by choosing a third party affiliation. So what's the alternative, I guess? So let's say, and, and let me ask that question with a little bit of a premise, right? Because I, I, I I'm very in, in line with that argument. Actually, um, I, maybe I'm not, it's not as, as controversial as I thought it was going to be because I, I've kind of with my show and in some of the guests I've had on, you know, people like Jason Stapleton and, and such, I've, I've discussed more of this mentality of going towards bettering the individual. Um, and I, I think when you look at some of my guests and, and obviously you listen to the show, so you hear, you know, I've had people with my show like Dr. Mary Ruer. I mean, back before she was the, the candidate, Dr. Joe Jorgensen. And you hear of these people who who they really did build up their their careers and the, the, their professional um, resume. And they've done a lot in their communities. Uh, but they also do look at the, the political arm of the Libertarian Party as a means to, I would say, answer the uh, what is, you know, the unchallenged duopoly it, otherwise in the red and blue teams being the GOP and the Republic or the Democrats. So I guess my, my question in my response to you would be, you know, Theodore, I, I, I hear the argument and I'm, I'm actually very empathetic with the argument. And I, I guess I would be in the realm of saying, why not both? Why not say we can, you know, say, yes, being the smart, intelligent people that we are, we should focus our efforts elsewhere but at the same point in time we do have a responsibility to at the very least be that alternative voice on the national stage and offer our voices as you know a, a mouthpiece to the people out there who otherwise would not have a mouthpiece would feel not represented i mean heck you look at the two-party system they're what collectively less than a third of the country overall when they vote for president so you have how many people who didn't yes. vote? so what hit me with but it. brian okay what percent of political offices that have a party affiliation are filled by Republicans or Democrats? Re-ask that question. I'm having trouble getting you. Oh, um, out of all the political offices in the United States that have a political affiliation associated with the election. So I'm mm -hmm. not talking about nonpartisan judgeship elections or whatever. Right, right. I'm talking about straight up politics. Out of those that allow you to choose between Republican or Democrat or any other party, roughly what percentage do you think are Republicans or Democrats? Uh, I would say at least, what, 98%? Right. So this gets me back to my thesis, which is 
the power is being held by these people who, in general, would not stand a chance on, for example, a libertarian debate stage because they don't have the, the chops to handle a truly intelligent debate about politics. Okay. So, so, it, so it's, is it is it more of the and I'm I'm at, I'm don't mean to interrupt you, Theodore. I'm just more trying to clarify, no, right? So, is it more of the issue is is about the 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 idea? I guess the the definition of, of politics and and the the goal of politics is that maybe where the, the the branching off of of the differing of I guess approach comes from. Yeah, it it does because I look at these thousands of and tens of thousands of active party members in third parties. And they have so much to give. They have so much brain power, clearly, for them to even consider spending their free time advocating for a third party. You have to be smart to want to do that, right? You have to have some level of political knowledge and thought, and you have to know about philosophy. You have to know who the great thinkers are of our time to even consider moving outside of the duopoly. I watch these people as they do pretend politics. They pretend to run for president. They pretend to run for Congress. But Brian, I don't know if I need to say it or somebody else, they're not going to win. The system is rigged. Red or blue wins 99 point whatever percent of the time. It's rigged, dude. It is. No, I agree. And I don't, I don't, as I I hit my computer here, I'm in frustration, damn it all. Uh, No, but I I mean, (laughs) I I think you're right. And I, I don't know necessarily is... If it's as controversial as you think, because actually, it's funny. My my first real like big guest on the show um, was Dean Clancy. He was the the former VP of FreedomWorks, um, and it, this was back in I think March or February of 2018. And and the the context of the entire conversation was around that of what is the role of third parties or political parties in general. Um, and and we really came to the consensus. And and I've kind of had this mindset to this day that. I mean, really, political parties are nothing more than vessels for ideas. Um, so when you're a libertarian, right, I'm entirely on board with you running as a Republican. So that's why I still get so many, you know, slings and arrows from, you know, traditional rah-rah LPers because, unfortunately, they're playing partisan politics as much as the, the GOP and uh, the, the, the Dems are. But, you know, I'm going to support folks like Rand Paul. I'm going to support folks like Thomas Massey, Mike Lee. I mean, heck, even some folks like Ted Cruz and Ben Sass, when they can help us on the issues that matter, I'm going to be there as, you know, a, a friend. But then I also do think it's important to look at what's happened um, within the GOP. And and this is also maybe why I'm a little I'm a little skeptical in terms of trying to use them right now, at least as a vessel for advancing liberty. So let me kind of give you my counter thesis, right? Is that a thesis or just maybe my, my counter proposal? So I agree with you that the, the GOP and the Democratic uh, parties definitely have the ability to levy, you know, the, the, the playing field in their favor. Not even going to disagree with you there. I don't even, I think it's, it's silly that people would even want to argue with that. Like that's a, a non-controversial, you know, position to take. But I, I do think it is a, a fair argument to say that right now, is not a good time for, we'll say, liberty-favorable folk to try and, and promote themselves as Republicans under Donald Trump. And here's my position why. Because right now, Donald Trump is the, the figure of the GOP. He is not only just a figure, but he is fa- the face, and he, along with that, represents this kind of idea of Trumpism, right? And I think that yeah. this, this election is going to be uh, a really big um, moment for America, and especially for the GOP specifically, because... At this moment, America is going to say, is it going to be another four years of Trump and with that Trumpism, or are we going to say, no, you're going to go to Joe Biden, and then it's going to be on the GOP to decide what's the next step? Because if, if Trump loses in 2020, which it, it you know, the polls are, are, you know, we can't trust the polls, but you look at the polls no. and they have shown, I mean, 15 points in some of these polls, that's, that's pretty bad, right? And, and if that is reality, which it might be, then it's fair to say that the Trump era in the at the very least the GOP is over. And and then I think you're going to have a jump ball. And it's going to be either you're going to have the Tom Cottons or the Josh Hawleys or the Tucker Carlsons of the world take over the GOP. Or you're going to have kind of the, the, the Thomas Massey, Rand Paul, Ted Cruz, Mike Lee uh, wing of the party that will, will, will kind of try to take back the roots like it was back in the 2010s and 2014s. So I think... Right now is not the time to to be a part of the Trump 
era, right? And and with that, I do think, mm-hmm. and and this will be my last point of all the times. And I, I I know 2016 was a great chance for the Libertarian Party to be a real alternative. But then we did a goofy thing with some goofy folks, and it is what it is. But then, yeah, 2020 right now, right? It is Trump versus Biden, red versus blue. But I think if we were to associate ourselves with a particular team, and in this case, it would probably be a red team, because I would say, you know, right now it does come to a question of what's the future of America. And unfortunately, the folks on the left have seemed to embrace this more, much more radical approach to politics that embraces this, you know, just utopian progressive mindset. And it really does look like Marxism in in sheep's clothing. But Trump would probably be that second option. I, I just fear that as we associate with that movement, in the event that it does get destroyed, that Trumpism dies, that we will in turn um, you know, hurt our chance and our branding with it and look more as opportunists than we are as principled folks. And I, I that's why I would say folks like a Rand Paul, who has not been a you know pure libertarian by any stretch of the imagination, but has been a political libertarian and using politics to advance libertarian policies in a position of power, I'd say is maybe a more effective way from a political standpoint of advancing liberty. So with that being said, Theodore, do does my counter at least resonate with you? And maybe are we getting close to some agreement? With that being said, your counter was my point, actually. Just okay. I haven't elaborated on it. You actually nailed it, which is people like Rand Paul show what you can do if you're not a member of a third party, if you associate yourself with a major party and then join a caucus of, the, of that major party in order to indicate that you have very big differences with the party platform you're still a part of the party but you have clear differences established i mean Rand paul is pretty much the reason that we did not go to war with iran like that's a big uh, deal (laughs) yeah uh and and there's and there is a huge lesson there so i have a thought experiment for you if you would like to think along with me in regards to this hypothetical scenario and then see if it ties into what this whole figure face of trump versus the independence of rand see what See what you think of this, okay? okay? Hit me with it. Give me, let's just say in the world, there were 10 third party members. Okay. And there's probably, you know, you know the numbers better than I do, but 10 is nice because I have 10 fingers. <laughs> so I take my 10 fingers and I randomly split these third party members between red and blue team. I don't care. Create a caucus in the major party. Dump the third party and fast forward five or 10 years. So you have, you have thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, eventually of active major party members belonging to a caucus formally associated with a third party, but no longer independent, no longer fundraising for themselves, fundraising for the whole cause split it 50, 50. And my theory is in this thought experiment, the world is a better place that better represents your values as a party member than sticking with this pretend play playhouse, play politics approach where ideas are spread, but no power is ever achieved. Can you imagine the difference if out of those 10 people, two of them, one on the red and one on the blue, just 10%, managed to successfully achieve holding office locally, whether it's a mayor, whether it's a state legislature, right? Whether it's a township council, that to me would have a bigger difference than the current plan that the third parties have of talking and losing. Yeah, no, right there. I'm on board with that. I I, I see no- What? No, yeah, why would I be wrong with that? I mean, I I think that that's- Come on, man. I think I think that that's um that's actually not only a, a logical, rational way to approach this. But I also think that you know, number one, it's it's the only way to really get to a semblance of some you know freer America. And you know, I, I'll say right here, I've said it many times. Actually, I think I just said it on the uh, the Freckles and Brit show, um, which I appeared on more, most recently. I mentioned. Oh, I, I haven't caught that one yet. That's on that. That's in the queue, buddy. Okay, yeah, that so, one's in the queue. So give that one a listen because I actually just mentioned like I I do I don't believe that right now like this idea that. The, you know, we we have to be this group mentality is is necessarily a productive sense, but that, I mean that's where we are as a country, and we kind of have to play by those rules. Um, so I mean I've been a big proponent of like what Cliff Maloney's doing over at Young Americans for Liberty. I mean his win at the door campaign before COVID came and and like kind of you know just it threw a yeah huge you, you can't go to people's you can't exactly. go to people's doors anymore dude. exactly and like it it, it <laughs> messed up so much there, but like 
that's the that's the winning strategy. And and I I definitely am on board. And but I will say this, right? Is that I do think that there is a role for third parties. And and let me tell you what that is. And and it I I argue when I'm whenever I'm arguing from a pl- uh, political party standpoint, if I'm arguing about the Libertarian Party, I do argue in from a, a standpoint of you know play to win. And I know that we're not going to win. I, I I acknowledge it. And I think even the Libertarian candidates in many cases acknowledge that. I mean, Joe Jorgensen, I think if you were to sit down with her and say, Hey, you know, one-on-one off the record cameras, you know, cameras mm-hmm. and recorders are off. You know, when mm-hmm. she's, she's going to say no. And she knows that. But if it was Joe Jorgensen versus, you know, uh, Joe Biden, right. And, and you are say, Hey, Hey Joe, you're running as a Republican. Uh, it's you versus Joe Biden. Think you're going to win. Yeah, I think she would. And, and right there, I think is, is maybe part of the problem in, this goes also a little bit to my problem with the libertarian party infrastructure in general, but also a little bit of a problem with some of the people in the movement. And and this might be a little more controversial than honestly, I'm, and I'm, I'm being legit here, um, might be more controversial than, than what you brought to the show. And that is, I personally believe that there are some folks in the LP movement who their positions that they have mean a lot more to them than they do to like the, the actual weight and impact of said position. And, and by that, I mean, if you are the secretary of your local county, that's great. I'm I, I'm proud of you. Like that's that you're you're playing your part. But don't act like that's a really really like that's not on the same par as being the secretary for the GOP or the the Democrat for your party your your county, let alone for the state, let alone for national. Like it's it's comparing like the NFL with Pee Wee football, and and that's that's kind of the game that we're playing right now. So I think. Not only do you have, uh, you know, the right approach theater, but I'd also say it's also indicative on us to kind of play both sides. And I would say having people like Rand Paul, people like until he changed parties, Justin Amash, but still people like Justin Amash. I'd say people like Thomas Massey. We need people like them who are willing to utilize the arm that is the GOP. But also, I mean, there are folks on the left. I mean, Governor Paulus out in, in Colorado, he is not a libertarian by, you know, a, a definition, but he is a more libertarian-leaning governor um, out in yeah. Colorado. Ducey out in Arizona, he is a more libertarian-leaning Republican, and and that's a win. I, I'll look at those as some wins. Are they going to be great 100% of the time? No, but will they help get us, I think, more, you know, marginally closer to where we want to be? Absolutely, but if if we do want to actually advance the principles of liberty, and, and honestly, that has been the fundamental goal of this show, not only to leave people educated, enlightened, and informed, but when we're talking about this this grand thing that we're all doing right now, it's the liberty movement. I don't care how we advance liberty. I just want to advance it. And I've looked at the, the Libertarian Party, and right now, yes, I do support um, you know the Libertarian Party having a voice and, and being that voice, because right now, the other two parties have made a point to silence our, our voices. So I think it is tough to to get positions of power. And thankfully, you know, before this kind of all happened, you have folks like Rand who did uh, establish themselves as you know leaders of the party, and they do have you know that sense of credibility. And hey, Theodore, to your point. Who's, who's getting on, on Glenn Beck? Who's getting on Rush Limbaugh? Who's getting on Sean Handy? Who's getting on Mark Levin? Who's getting on Tucker Carlson? It's not the libertarian candidates all the time. It's Rand Paul. It's, you know, name libertarian leaning representative. Yeah. At least, at least yeah. they're getting a voice and they're getting, honestly, a seat at the table. And hey, that was my entire argument for Justin Amash when, when I, I he was running originally because he brought that sense of credibility from being one of those traditional parties because... The reality is a lot of people out there, they look at the GOP and the Democrats as the only options because that's all they've really known. And if you're not a part of that, they instantly are looking at you skeptically because you're you're in you're you're so alien to what to what like they're used to that they they they're naturally like skeptical and rightfully so. So then it's on us to educate and teach them. But I think then too often than not, people get involved in the LP and they're like, oh. So that's what this is. And then they walk away. So I guess, I mean, did, did you expect, <laughs> did you expect that kind of a response, I guess? I I didn't know. I just know that you're open-minded enough to consider the idea, but oh, I yeah. thought that you would, I, I did think that you might have a more, um, a more emotional defense of the LP, which no, you didn't actually. I'm sitting here right now yeah. and I'm, I'm holding and looking at my libertarian basic member LP membership, which I, I actually happy anniversary to me because it was uh, a member since 7 11 2019. We're recording here on 7 16 2019. So this is literally the week of um, my anniversary that I, I renewed my, or I, I actually I signed up to officially be a libertarian party member. I have no 
like emotional tie to this little piece of plastic card. I don't have any emotional tie to, you know, the, the Libertarian Party itself. The Libertarian Party holds the name to the belief system that I have based my life upon. And I looked at what that, that belief system has helped me do in my life. And, and it, not only has it helped me achieve things I, I five years ago never thought of, but also it's helped me be a better person. I mean, you have to live quite literally the rules of don't hurt people, don't take people's stuff. It's the golden rule, but it, it's expounded upon into everything in your life, right? And as long as you yeah. start to live by those principles, I think that you're, you're instantly going to have a better life. So with that, I mean, I look at the Libertarian Party as the party that I want to at least have a voice in because they're the ones that have my name on it, right? But in terms yeah. of advancing the political arm, I'm all for whatever's going to get us the, the the actual option of advancing liberty. So like, I'll give you a perfect example, right? If we are in a, in a state where there is, you know, a Thomas Ma- – here, I'll give you a perfect example. If it's Thomas Massey versus Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez – and then there's, you know, uh, name Gary, you know, Gary Johnson's, you know, twin brother clone who's running for Congress as a libertarian. Let's just say that, okay? And I had the choice to vote for the L next to the Gary Johnson's twin, or I could vote for Thomas Massey. And it's in a Republican district, and I know it's a close district, it's purple district, but it's leaning red. I would be strategically stupid to vote for the libertarian candidate because, and this actually goes to political science and I, you know, this is back when I was in college, which, you know, degrees long years ago, but strategic voting theory, um, you can actually put a measured weight to the, the values that you have, the values you hold near and dear on a scale of like one to 10, weight those values. And then you can say like, if, if Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez gets elected, how much does that, you know, does her getting elected is, is a negative to my values versus, you know, the positive to Thomas Massey? So Thomas Massey might give you a plus seven out of 10 and Gary Johnson gives you a plus nine out of 10. But Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, negative six. So you're going to go ahead and, and spend your vote for for Gary Johnson because that's going to be the most principled vote when you have somebody like a Thomas Massey who is just a, a hair below but actually has a le- more of a legitimate shot at winning. Now there, you're an idiot. But if, if you're in a district, right, where it's, you know, it, you're in, in the backyards of Hollywood over in L.A. and, you know, it's a 99.9% uh, Democrat district and you want to vote for your libertarian candidate as, you know, a big F you to, to the GOP for, for running, you know, wishy-washy candidates who are, are mushy on everything and they're just the same as the Democrats, go for it. Like, yeah. I, I'm, I'm for that. But, like, I, I definitely am, am on board with the strategic voting. Um, And I, I think, and I'll kind of, I'll finish my thought with this, Theodore, is that I, I'm honestly... I'm in the mindset that if people are are so enamored in in doing this partisan politics thing, like we have to support the Libertarian Party, then you're just as bad as the GOP and Democrats because that's what the game that they've been playing for years. And yes, it, it's gotten them to being the two leading parties who are, yes, making the decisions. But like, what do they stand for? I mean, they are just a big glob of goo and it's it's NPCs on either side who who just, well, they'll echo back whatever the opposite is the other side is saying. I mean, literally, you don't have to look further than this year as a perfect example. I mean, back in what, March, we were told that masks didn't work and I was told by Democrats that you were stupid if you were wearing a mask. They said, don't wear the mask. You don't need to. And Republicans, I, I mean, I'm not saying all Republicans, but I saw a lot of Republicans who were like, well, I'm just gonna wear a mask, be safe. And then it got politicized and it got flipped and now it's the exact opposite and i'm like what what are you guys doing like this is this is shouldn't be a political issue this is like a like a medical issue this is a national health issue like what are we doing but i think americans right it's, now it's a straight up it's a straight up science question so yes, but, but what, americans are what, going how crazy. do things spread but people are going crazy because they're looking at this squabbling and i think they are looking for the adult in the room and i and, and i'll i'll i guess I'll, I'll wrap with this idea theodore Right now would be a good chance, going back to my original point, for somebody like a Joe Jorgensen, I think, to be the alternative that, you know, quote unquote, you know, adult in the room. Is she going to win? Mm-hmm. No, but I think it does give her a chance to distinguish, uh, d- d- not distinguish, to um, to uh, se- uh, separate herself, rather, to stand above from the rest of the crowd and be, you know, truly a different voice because she can stand now from a, a place of almost credibility because she can say, listen, I'm not a part of your team or your team. You both suck. And guess what? Everybody knows it. The sh- you know, the, the emperor has no clothes. We all see it. We all acknowledge it. You have one guy who is like, 
on his way to the, the loony bin, he's definitely on like his mental decline. I'm not trying to pick on Joe Biden, but like the guy, he's a grandpa. And like, I'm sorry, no 80 some odd year old grandpa should be running for president. I'm sorry. He shouldn't. And then you have Trump and I mean, it's Trump. Like, why? Like, why is that our option? Trump versus Biden. And I think a lot of people are looking at that and they're like kind of being red pilled a little bit. They're like, this is, this is stupid. I'm tired of this. And do you, let me ask you this, Theodore. Do you not think that maybe that does give the LP a chance to be, you know, a, a real difference, a real choice to people who right now maybe are politically apathetic, not engaged in politics. And now that they are getting engaged in politics would say, screw both these parties. I, I'm, I'm going to go to the third choice. Brian, you and I both studied political science in college. So because the United States has a first past the post system, you're never the, the reason the libertarians have failed for 50 years and will fail for the next 500 is because the system is rigged in favor of the t- only two yeah, parties cap- I know. capable of developing a plurality and or majority depending on what's needed. Why do you have to come so, in and just ruin my fun like that? I know the answer and you have well, to ruin it. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> but but I, I like the fire and the direction that you're taking it because I would like to pose another thought experiment along the lines of isn't it great that at least there's an adult like uh, Joe Jorgensen who can speak outside of the mudslinging and sort of speak on principle? Mm-hmm. Yeah, go, go with it. So ten, yep. 10 years ago, okay. it's the year is 2010. The Libertarian Party disbands with the instructions to all members. I need you to sign up for Republican or Democrat. I don't care. And join the Liberty Caucus of either Republican or Democrat. Or call it whatever you want. Call it the LP Caucus. I don't care. Okay. Join a caucus. Every one of you run for local office and go as far as you can in your state. Ten years from now, we're going to be calling you up for the federal election. If the LP had done that, would the LP be more effective or less effective, so not not the the, the not the actual party because it would have been right. disbanded, yep. but the people with the principles, which are pretty fundamental principles that you don't need a party to coalesce around. Don't hurt people, don't take their stuff, right? It's pretty simple stuff. Um, if we did that 10 years ago, would libertarian-minded people have more or less of a role in the power of government? Yep, no, you're, you are a thousand percent right, and and it's actually funny. Do you listen to the big channel a lot with uh, Chris? No, no. Okay. Um, I, I I need I need to because there everybody is always like spangle this and spangle that, and I I feel really bad because I don't I there's not enough hours in the week, you know. No, no, dude, I, I I'm so far behind in so many podcasts. I empathize, and, and you know what's funny? I thought I would actually have more time with with the the pandemic, and I've actually had less time. Um, surprisingly, because. I just find that the times, you know, you're commuting or you're getting ready to, like, I'm just using that time to do stuff um, and get things done. So I end up, I, I'm not able to, like, you know, use that mindless time to listen to podcasts like normal. But anyways. So, no, I, I I feel I feel bad, but I haven't caught an episode of Chris in at least a few months. And no I feel worries. very bad because that that's not a reflection on his skills at all. No, no. It, well, actually, if, it, if it's been in the past few months, then you've probably heard him in the past when he's discussed this. He, he's on another podcast that he does because, you know, Chris doesn't have enough podcasts he's, he's handling. Um, but it's another no. show called. The legions and legends. He's like, uh, you know what? You know what? He's like Nikki P. You Nikki just P. can't. Oh my! You just God. can't. You you can't. If if there's one more podcast idea, he's gonna do it. <laughs> I love. I love the fire of people to just publish, 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 publish this just gold. It's it's awesome that I'm, people are doing. I, I, so. And like not only that, but like Chris is on other shows. I mean, he's on on a national podcast, it's a, a comedy podcast with Miss Pat. I mean, he she was just on Rogan back last year, or, or maybe it was early this year because I don't really know the year with COVID. Like since March, it feels like we've gone through like three years, um, but five it, years at this point. For dude. real? Oh but, my god. But, but like, I mean, to, to Chris's point though, like that's, that's reality on the show he does called Legions and Legends. He interviews people who are like integral parts of Indianapolis's, um, like their, their business, uh, culture, uh, structure, but also in their political structure. And like the reality is, is that the people that he's interviewing are people that are trusted members of the community. And like, it's, it's also indicative on us as, as libertarians to, you know, get involved in our community. Like if you're a successful entrepreneur, like go to happy hours, network, and, and don't be afraid to say that you're different. Like say that you have different ideas because then you can, you, when you can run for office, right? You run for office as a Republican. I don't care. Libertarian. I don't care. But 
then when they're voting, they're voting for you. And now they're they're saying, listen, I don't I don't know who, who you know what Theodore is as a libertarian, but he's he's a nice guy and he runs his business well. And like you know, I've never had any issues with him, so he's got my vote. And then now you're starting to build that resume. And and sadly, and I've said this before, a lot of people they look as a you know the resume that they're looking for is a political resume. They're looking for did this person go from you know county legislator to assembly to senate to Congress to U.S. Senate to president? They're they're looking for that progression, but like the libertarian party we we have guys who you know they have no political experience whatsoever and in many cases they they it's very apparent why and then they they're running for congress and they come across as a joke and it's because we thank you yes and we thank as, you yeah for sure and, and no but we as libertarians the problem is that we have not invested in ourselves we have not invested in helping grow cultivate libertarian candidates and the problem is because there is no incentive structure in place to uh to, to really have people want to do that because like you said it is not a game that is being played to one to be one and like <laughs> the, the sad reality is people are going to go where winners win i mean stapleton says it all the time winners win and and people want to surround themselves and to uh you know to identify themselves with winners and like we're not getting people who are winners. I'm sorry. That's just the truth. So it's on us to either be different and start to, you know, bring people into the movement who, yes, as we started the show, are the smartest people out there. Um, and maybe the people yes. who the people aren't, they aren't politically motivated right now. Get them politically motivated and bring them our side. But if we're not going to do that, then get, get out of the political arena. And I'm on board with that mindset. Get if, if we the Libertarian Party and actually I'll, I'll finish with this. I did a debate. Um, I did a debate back in. Let's see. It was. Oh goodness! May, June, May. I don't know. It was before the convention. Is before Amash was was not. He ended up dropping out. Um, but it was that week before, and I debated a guy named Brian Thomas. And in the debate, the question was, would Justin Amash make a great Libertarian presidential candidate? And I said, absolutely, because I want a candidate who is going to bring people in and a candidate who's going to run to win. I'm sorry, I'm tired of the Libertarian Party saying, you know, we're going to be the education party for the you know the Libertarian movement. It's like, no, I'm sorry, that's not our role. Like, if you're going to be a political party, play to win. That's what that's what politics is. Play to win. And and, and we we're not playing to win. And and yes, you can run a principled candidate who's preaching libertarian values, but if they're not if they're not running to win, then what's the point? So if and this is what Brian Thomas said too, basically he was like, you know, at the end of the day, the Libertarian Party, it's not it's not our job is to win. I'm like, okay, then then what are we doing? Quit the party. And and to your point, Theodore, I actually think that would be a better solution. Is it if that's the mindset of a large group of libertarians in the movement and in the party, is that we just need to be an educational party. Well, I'm sorry, I'm done. Like, no, I I will happily go to the Republican Liberty Caucus because I want to actually make long-lasting substantive differences. So I'm glad that, you know, we were able to at least dig into this and maybe, you know, I'm glad at least you found, Theodore, that we did not have as many differences as we thought after all. And like many conversations here on The Brian Nichols Show, we were able to figure that out just by having a conversation, talking things through, and actually figuring out um, you know, where we agree, where we disagree. In this case, find out we actually agree on quite a bit of stuff. So, I mean, with that being said, Theodore, let's uh, you know, last word over your way, kind of uh, final thoughts, wrap up the conversation, and uh, of course, where people can go ahead and follow you. All right. So let me get my final point out, and then I'll I'll see if you have a final counterpoint. And then yes, we do need to end. We're wrapping, running a little long here. Um, so I have a stated goal. I have decided I need a numerical goal. I, my goal is to have zero people registered in third political parties by the end of the third quarter. So that is 60 days. So 60 days. I need to make sure I do the opposite of what I am working with the Libertarian Party to do and, and get people to not sign up with the LP.org forward slash Brian Nichols show link. Right. So that's the other thing is that I know you have some conflicts of, you know, you obviously <laughs> want your party to be successful and you're obviously trying to get people to join. So that's the reason I said I really wanted your input, because I knew you'd be reasonable enough to listen. But you also have interesting societal bounds that kind of are encouraging you and you are helping other people accomplish their goals. So going against this is very that that's where I knew as soon as that is my goal. <laughs> well, there's right? the, there's the elephant in the room, right? And, and here's here's the reality, right? And I'll 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 let you continue, Theodore, but I am 100% okay if 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 people are looking at this conversation that we're having and they're saying, "Listen, I I'm on board." And actually, I I agree that that probably would be the best way to approach this. Um and I'm also but I am also saying that I do think that the LP does have a role this year. And, and I will say that and I'll actually I'll be pretty firm in that conviction. But I do think okay. that to your point, though, um, I do think there is merit to the argument that 
zero third party is the best way to approach it. I I would maybe this is where we disagree. I would just say the timeline maybe is a little different. I would say let's start this this you know after the election once you because nobody's gonna pay attention to it. I honestly don't think. Um, and, and after the election, then let us you know start this venture, and then we can really get some traction, really make it a marketing ploy. And and like I I think if it, we are able to give it the time that it needs to really build up and work on it. I think we'll we'll be better off, better suited. Well, I might be wrong. Hey, I'm 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 happy to admit I'm wrong when I'm wrong. I I do it quite often. Um, and and with that, you know, I would I would say that might be the best route. But I'll let you continue, Theodore. Didn't mean to interrupt. But the, hey, that's at least no, a, a that's, little bit of a, a challenge there. Yeah, no, that and that's fine. The reason why I want to do this before the election is because in order to accomplish my goal, I have a uh, a sub goal, which is I would like to speak to every single politician, whether they're a party member actually running for office or in office, who is a member of a third party on somebody's podcast. And that's all I'm asking is that anybody who has a podcast who is listening, if you ever are in touch with a libertarian, green, reform, independent, any of these third party politicians who want to talk on your show, please consider giving me 10 minutes with them as a small little segment to ask these same questions that I'm asking you, Brian, which is what exactly do you think you're doing? How is it more helpful to be running a third party as opposed to be running a caucus of a major party? These are the kind of questions. And do you honestly think you can win? Right. Like you said, I really want to ask uh, Joe Jorgensen that just straight up. Do you honestly think you're going to win? Cause I want to know what she'd said. Right. Um, so that's actually where this ties into my idea which is in order to end third parties, I have to get buy-in. And I believe that if you give me 10 minutes with third party politicians, I will plant a seed of doubt in a single digit percentage of them. And some single digit percentage of those are actually going to rescind their party membership and join a major party and try to make a difference. My only goal is just 1%. That's it. If I can take 1% of registered third party politicians and get them to switch over before November, you know, basically saying, hey, I'm cutting my candidacy. The Libertarian Party, Reform Party, Green Party is not the answer for the future. And I am joining or creating a new caucus or attempting to, right, building the framework for upon being in power. This is my goal. So that's why actually I want to do it before the election, because I would like to see if I can move the needle in terms of third party politicians before the fourth quarter kicks off. All right. Well, if folks want to uh, get involved and they want to stay up to date in this venture, Theodore, where can they go ahead and follow you? Well, you can always check the blog, crowdfundedgovernment.com. That's where I got my ideas, my podcast history. And, uh, you know, you can get an idea of where I'm coming from. But if you really want to get down and dirty, mean streets of Twitter at crowdfundedgov. And by the way, real quick, 30 seconds, I have a new goal on Twitter. Go with it. Hit me with it. No more arguments, no more defending crowdfunding government. I win. It's been five years. Nobody has beat me in a logical debate. It is now a fact that crowdfunding government voluntarily is better than taxation. I am done defending it. And if anybody has any questions or any sort of those typical objections that that authoritarian collectivists give me, I am now asking all of my friends, all of my followers and myself to simply post a bad meme parodying the argument that the person made. You no longer have to argue. That's somebody who's telling you that the world is flat if they're telling you that taxes are a better idea than voluntarily crowdfunding government. So that's my final piece of news. Don't be surprised if you see me just straight up mocking people because I'm done, Brian. If you think about my idea, it's right. And I know it's right because it's been five years, dude. Nobody has even come close to me. Uh, if people really want to get to learn more about crowdfunded government, because I mean, it really does. There's a lot to it. Episode 66, I'll include the link to that in the show notes when Theodore forced, uh, first joined us to discuss a quote unquote GoFundMe government. Um, so yeah, it, it is, I, I would agree with you, uh, Theodore. It is, is truth at this point. So um, I'll include that link to that show in the show notes. But Theodore, with that being said, thank you as always for joining the Brian Nichols show and uh, best of luck to you with your venture. And uh, hey, always uh, a friendly and uh, familiar face here on the Brian Nichols show. Welcome back anytime. Brian, thank you so much. I'll be back with big updates, I'm sure. All right, folks. So that's going to wrap up my conversation with Theodore from Crowdfunded Government. I told you, it was a great conversation. And, you know, it's funny. Um, he ended up proving the point, right? And that is at the Brian Nichols Show. Um, 
when we end up having conversations with people and we think we might disagree with them, we might end up finding that we come to a some some agreement and we didn't actually intend on it. So if you listen to this show and you found yourself nodding in agreement, well, then I would appreciate it if you would do me a favor. And yes, as the ladies over at uh, the, the Freckles and Brit show would say, smash that subscribe button, but also smash that share button. Um, because that's, again, how we're going to go ahead and uh, reach more people. We're going to spread the message of liberty and actually change hearts and minds. And and I mean, to, to Theodore's point, I, there's many different ways to do that. And, and he's in much more of the belief that we need to take over the traditional parties. I think it's a it's a many faceted approach, and I think right now, you know, we have many different people who are doing many different things in their uh, own unique, uh, but also in their specific expertise type of way. So I think uh, you know these kind of conversations are great because it keeps everybody on their toes, and I think it keeps us uh, really looking and constantly doing a a check and seeing what's working. Uh, so you know, I I think it's a safe argument to make that you know in in Theodore's defense, yeah. The Libertarian has not really had a Libertarian Party that is has not really had too much political success. So yeah, maybe it is time to look at an alternative. And I think this will be a really nice year to uh, really figure things out, see how did we do, and and maybe we need to do a a gut check and and maybe kind of re- rethink things, figure things out, uh, and maybe change our our tactics. So anyways, guys, if you enjoyed today's episode, like I said, obviously share with family and friends, but also go ahead and make sure you tag me uh, when you share it. Uh, give me a quote, tweet, whatever it is at B Nichols Liberty, both on Twitter, Facebook, and minds.com and as always you can go ahead and send me an email at brian at briannicholsshow.com keep them coming i have gotten so many awesome suggestions for awesome guests and it makes me smile because that means that you guys not only are are listening to the show and and hearing uh you know this, this call to action that is sending me your awesome guests but you guys have been sending me awesome guests and i've been reaching out to these guests getting lots of shows lined up uh so guys i i cannot again uh, say it from the bottom of my heart thank you for uh, for keeping on these guests uh you know sending these suggestions my way uh, and if you also enjoy the show, well, heck, do me a favor. Go ahead and raise a review over on uh, Apple Podcasts, a five-star review with a quick uh, summary of why you like the show. Um, you know, Tell people because there's somebody out there who is looking for a show. They're looking for some answers. And if you believe that this show is the answer to all those people who are asking that question, well, then, hey, do your part. Do your duty and help share and spread the message of The Brian Nichols Show and that of One Message of Liberty. Uh, that we are, we're definitely had some success, folks, because uh, the big channel, We Are Libertarians, my channel, um, I, I know for a fact I've been talking to a lot of libertarian podcasters. Numbers are through the roof. You guys are amazing. So please keep doing what you're doing. Keep being awesome members of the audience. Keep being active members of, of the audience. Like I said, politics is not a spectator sport. So get involved, get active, and more importantly, keep sharing the message of liberty so that being said folks it's brian nichols signing off you're on the brian nichols show for theodore from crowdfunded government we'll see you next week thanks for listening to the brian nichols show find more episodes at brian